Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Genesis 2. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would see your perfect design for marriage. We pray that our marriages today will be a picture of that perfect marriage that you want, that we would understand marriage better, and that we would be living your way. Amen. Genesis 2 And heaven and earth and all their array were finished. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work of creating that there was to do. These are the generations of heaven and earth when they were created, in the day that Yahweh God made earth and heaven, before any plant of the field was on earth, and before any plant of the field had sprung up, because Yahweh God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no human being to cultivate the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. When Yahweh God formed the man of dust from the ground, and he blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And Yahweh God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And Yahweh God caused to grow from the ground every tree that was pleasing to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, along with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out from Eden that watered the garden, and from there it diverged and became four branches. The name of the first is the Pishon. It went around all the land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Bedellum and onyx stones are there. And the name of the second is Gihon. It went around all the land of Cush. And the name of the third is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. And Yahweh God took the man and set him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. And Yahweh God commanded the man, saying, From every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. Then Yahweh God said, It is not good that man is alone. I will make for him a helper as his counterpart. And out of the ground Yahweh God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and he brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called that living creature was its name. And the man gave names to every domesticated animal, and to the birds of heaven, and to all the wild animals. But for the man there was not found a helper as his counterpart. And Yahweh God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. While he slept, he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh where it had been. And Yahweh God fashioned the rib, which he had taken from the man, into a woman, and brought her to the man. And the man said, She is now bone from my bones, and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken from man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, 
and shall cling to his wife, and they shall be as one flesh. And the man and his wife, both of them, were naked, and they were not ashamed. Well, that's our reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 1, we had the first six days of creation building up to the creation of humans as the crowning achievement, when it was very good. The chapters we have in our Bible today were not put there by the original writers, and I don't think that the chapter and verse divisions are inspired by God, but they are helpful, and sometimes they are unhelpful. Whoever marked the chapter divisions made some mistakes. The very first chapter division is one of the more glaring mistakes. Clearly, the first three verses of chapter 2 belong with chapter 1. God created everything in six days and rested on the seventh day. So God created something on the seventh day, rest, and he set this apart as something special. When Moses wrote the book of Genesis, he didn't mark the chapters that we have today, but Moses did actually mark out some sections in the book. He didn't use numbers to do that. Instead, he used a phrase. The phrase he used is first found in chapter 2, verse 4. These are the generations. That word generations is where we get the name of the book, Genesis. If you want to look for the next section that Moses marked out, you can look in chapter 5, verse 1. So, there, whoever marked the chapters in our Bibles got it right that time. Whenever Moses starts a new section... He rewinds a little bit and gives us a little extra detail about what he just covered at the end of the previous chapter. In the previous chapter, the point I see is everything building up to humans. Now, in this section, Moses starts with the man and shows that everything was created for him. In chapter 1, God spoke everything into existence. But now we see God molding man out of clay and the breathing into him to make him alive. Then God makes a special garden for the man to live in. The garden is in Eden. So Eden is larger than the garden. And God creates all of the beautiful trees in the garden and a special tree, the tree of life. And another special tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was a river flowing out of Eden to water the garden. And then it turns into four rivers. We have rivers with two of these names in the Middle East today. But two of those rivers we don't have and remember, this is before the flood, so things could have changed a bit. Moses mentions gold and precious stones in one of the areas. So then God places the man he created in this beautiful and perfect garden and gives him the job of taking care of it. This involves gardening, but may also include guarding it. Then God gives the man a command that he must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and says that if he eats from that tree, he will die. Then we have a shocking statement, after all the times that God said that it was good in chapter 1, and that is that something is not good. It is not good that the man is alone. So God sets about to solve the problem. Now, of course, God knew what he would do all along, but the man needs to be brought along to see this as well. So God creates all of the animals and brings them to the man, and the man names them. Remember that God named things in chapter 1, but God has given the man authority to rule here, so he gets to name the animals. But none of the animals are right for a helper for the man, not even the dog. So God puts Adam to sleep and takes out one of Adam's ribs and molds that into a woman, 
and brings the woman to the man. The man is so happy that he creates the first poem, recognizing how close she is to him. Moses adds some commentary to show us that this is how God established marriage. This indicates how marriage should be. And finally, this chapter ends with the man and his wife being naked and not being ashamed. They had no sin and were perfectly happy in their naked bodies. And now for a deeper dive. As usual, there are far too many things to talk about in this chapter. Chapter 1 had a progression of the creation from disorder to the pinnacle of humans. Chapter 2 has a different take. You could say that it starts with man and shows that everything is made for man, or you could say that it starts with man and builds to the pinnacle of the woman when Adam speaks the first poem. Marriage was created by God and has a tremendous amount of meaning. This chapter shows God's plan for human marriage, and the New Testament refers back to this to make some important points. Jesus referred to Genesis 2 and Matthew 19 and Mark 10 to show that divorce is wrong. And really, Malachi referred to Genesis 2 and said the same thing. Paul referred to Genesis 2 and 1 Corinthians 6 to say that going to a prostitute is wrong. And really, the point is that all sex outside of marriage is wrong. And Paul gives us a hint of bigger meaning of marriage in Ephesians 5, while also referring to Genesis chapter 2. Marriage is an amazing relationship, and really the closest relationship that humans can have with each other. And as it can be amazing, it can also be corrupted in some horrific ways. Marriage is a picture of God and his people, or Jesus and the church. In fact, the book of Revelation seems to indicate an amazing relationship of Jesus and his church that we can look forward to. I don't think we can properly understand it now, but the best marriage on earth is the best way to understand it. The man represents Jesus, and the woman represents the church. God set up marriage in this way. In Genesis 2, the man was given the command to take care of the garden, and the command not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The man is the head and responsible. The woman is the helper. That doesn't mean that she is inferior or any less a person. We already read that both man and woman are in the image of God. And remember, this is God's perfect plan before sin entered the world. Now, there are plenty of men who have misused their position of authority and mistreated their wife, and there are plenty of wives who have misused their position and have not been the helper God intended. But when you see a union where they are each fulfilling their role, it is a beautiful thing, and they can do great things together, and they glorify God. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.